Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Mike Brown, author, nerd, and host of the Dark Poutine podcast. Join me and Morgan Knudsen, author, paranormal researcher, and host of the TV shows Paranormal 911 and Haunted Hospitals, as we take you on a journey for the curious about the unseen, the mysterious, and the incredible things happening in the world about us. Welcome to Supernatural Circumstances. Just recently, I started down a path, one I soon realized that I had unwittingly stumbled onto as a child, aware that Morgan and I were going to be covering the life of Robert Monroe, the founder of the Monroe Institute, I started reading. I dove headlong into an unexpected rabbit hole. Fascinated with what I was learning about Monroe and his writings, I picked up his seminal work, the book Journeys Out of the Body, published in 1971, and the first of three he wrote on a controversial subject, the out-of-body experience, or OBE, also known as astral projection. Astral projection assumes the existence of a subtle body called an astral body, through which consciousness can function separately from the physical body and travel throughout the astral plane. As I read about Monroe's experiences, I had an odd feeling of familiarity. Not only was I familiar with his technology, Hemisync, that I have used in my meditation practice, I was also moved as I read Monroe's descriptions of the feelings that he had encountered in the weeks leading up to his own first OBE. In Journeys Out of the Body, he wrote of the episode, quote, I lay down on the couch in the living room for a short nap while the house was quiet. I had just become prone, head to the north, if that had any meaning, when a beam or ray seemed to come out of the sky to the north at about 30 degrees angle from the horizon. It was like being struck by a warm light, only this was daylight and no beam was visible, if there truly was one. I thought it was sunlight at first, although this was impossible on the north side of the house. The effect when the beam struck my entire body was to cause it to shake violently or vibrate. I was utterly powerless to move. It was as if I were being held in a vice. Shocked and frightened, I forced myself to move. It was like pushing against invisible bonds. As I slowly sat upright on the couch, the shaking and vibration slowly faded away and I was able to move freely. End quote. I began to recall that I had undergone exactly the same things on numerous occasions as a child. I remember feeling like I could tune into a particular frequency quite easily at night as I was drifting off. The odd warm sensation and vibration would come, but I only ever went so far. I never surrendered to the experience, and I went no further. I've never had an OBE. I was too frightened and feeling out of control, like I was free-falling through space, although I was completely safe there in my bed at home. I had my last experience when I was about 11. I let myself go further than I ever had, and I felt as though I were floating. I became terrified, forcing myself to move and never allowing myself to feel that feeling again. Now I've completely forgotten how I got there. Like a muscle you stop using, that skill has atrophied. Monroe's writing, though, has given me pause. Perhaps this was something I would like to attempt again. Many folks claim they can do it and they come back safely after each voyage. I haven't done so yet. I'm still a bit scared, but I sure would like to take another run at it. Maybe I'll be more successful with my more mature mind, newfound knowledge, and the hemisync binaural meditations I already have. I just need to muster some courage and willingness to surrender to the experience. Anyway, next up you'll hear from Morgan as she talks about the power of letting go and about the life of Robert Monroe. After that, we'll hear from Alan Evans, the current executive director, president, and a residential trainer for the Monroe Institute, founded by Robert Monroe. Here's Morgan. 
One of the deepest and most profound lessons in parapsychology is letting go. Letting go not only opens the door for us, but it allows us to connect with the instinct to act when the time is right. When we are no longer distracted by pain and anger, our instincts heighten automatically. We feel things we simply could not feel before because the pain was in the way. It hinders our receptivity to opportunity in the physical world and connection with the non-physical part of ourselves, as well as consciousness as a whole. All of those hints and nudges from the universe go unheard and unheeded when we're wrapped up in hate or our thoughts are occupied with whatever argument we just had on Facebook. Even though the anger might seem justified, we have to remember that it doesn't come without a price tag. The more we let go, the better it gets. Think of how hard it is to drag huge bags around the airport or around a shopping mall. Think of the effort it takes to keep up with the normal pace of a crowd when you're hauling that much stuff. Speed isn't even an option. You can't keep up that race for long. And let me tell you, life is a marathon, not a sprint. There is a limit to your energy, mental, emotional, and even physical. You can only go in so many directions and carry so much before the engine begins to break down. When you've got split focus due to not letting go of what's not needed, not only does it cut us off from our instinct, but it stops us from keeping up with the momentum and pace the universe moves to. Non-physical energy has a pace and a beat, and it operates best when we are in joy. When we are able to drop that baggage, our hands becomes free and clear to say, hey, pick me, I'm ready, I'm open to what's in store. I'm ready for these experiences, bring them on. This is where making peace with where you are becomes so important. Part of forgiveness is about letting go of changing the past. Rehearsing what has happened in your mind holds you hostage to the energy that is now disrupting your current experience. No matter what we're doing, our power resides in this now moment, because every future moment will be a now moment as well. We really can't ever escape the current moment. It is always now, no matter what. One of the great gifts that the paranormal gives us is the practice that our power is in our immediate experience. When we change our outlook, the outlook changes. When we practice choosing joy and letting go, no matter how you do it, you shift the numbers on your random number generator of your experience. You change the outcome and influence the matter and circumstances around you. The more joy you find, the better your experiences are with non-physical energy and the spirits you encounter. The phenomenon begins to reflect the healing you're doing and the letting go creates space. Hear that again. Letting go creates the space for your new experiences. In 1958, Robert Monroe had an experience that would change his life. Robert was born in Kentucky and had a number of pursuits which included music, drama, trains, cars, aircrafts. He didn't grow up indoctrinated into religion and despite taking pre-med courses at Ohio State College, he switched to mechanical engineering and then proceeded to drop out by the time he was 17. Robert became a runaway kid of sorts and began living the life of a street person and a hobo, hitching rides on trains with strangers and taking odd jobs. For a short time, he was a newspaper reporter, but left that too, feeling like it just wasn't what he was meant to be doing. I'm sure by the time he was in his mid-teens, no parent on the planet felt he would ever amount to very much, apart from being a directionless kid on the path to a life of silly dreams and reckless behavior. After a year of wandering, he returned to Lexington and re-entered college, becoming a radio host and opening a theater company. The arts, he discovered, were a passion, and before long he was offered a job he felt drawn to, a radio writer in Cleveland, and then again in Cincinnati, where he was offered yet a third job with NBC's show, Rocky Gordon. It paid so well, he did the only thing he could think of with that kind of money. He bought his first airplane by the time he was 25. His calling and passion drew him yet another job, and he was hired by the National Aeronautic Association to produce a weekly radio show on aviation. By the 1940s and 50s, 
Robert had become a name in radio. He produced shows such as Take a Number and Name That Tune and purchased numerous radio stations. But even more importantly, his passion led him to an unexpected road. He became an innovator in sound technology, being one of the first to use magnetic tape. However, it wasn't until 1958, when his life changed forever, that he stepped into something he did not expect. In the spring of that year, while sitting and meditating, Robert experienced a sudden cramp in his side that he couldn't shake. Weeks later, during another meditation, he found himself paralyzed, unable to move. His body shook fiercely with no explanation, and once he felt that was over, a sensation of warm light poured over him and through him, which he could not explain. Over the next six weeks, Robert had this happen again and again. Instinct told him not to fight the phenomenon, but to let go and see what happened next. Several months later, during another experience and keeping in his awareness the conscious decision to let go and surrender, he pushed his fingers down into the bed to find that he was now touching the floor. As he pushed harder, he felt more of the floor as if his fingers and hands had sunk into the house itself. The next time it happened, he reported something new. He was looking down at himself, in his bed, sleeping next to his wife. Robert was excited, and with this new knowledge, the formula of meditation and surrender, he began to control his movements while he was floating, verifying his locations and venturing further than he ever had before. In the 1960s, Robert lost two friends, and instead of worrying about their deaths, he decided to try and speak to them while his newfound, non-resistant, out-of-body state was present. Within a short time, he saw both deceased friends and spoke with one of them. After a brief period of research with Charles Tart, Robert was inspired to create his own laboratory where he could unleash his ideas and study with no constraints. Having experimented with sleep learning through stimulus during sleep, Robert was determined to find an audio signal or sound that would allow listeners to let go and stimulate out-of-body experiences at the same time. He tried for some time with no success but eventually, one of his scientists read about an idea, binaural beats, sound fluctuations that result when two slightly different tones are heard in each ear. Inspired, the team created audio tapes with binaural beats at the low frequencies that correspond to brainwave frequency at altered states of consciousness. When each hemisphere of the brain synchronized, they began to experience positive results of out-of-body experiences, or OBEs. Knowing he had discovered something incredible, Monroe sold off his last remaining radio stations to follow his passion. He threw all his time and attention into what he called hemi-sync technology, and in 1975 received his first patent. He developed a program people could participate in, which he called the Gateway Project which began with a mere 40 interested and eager participants. In 1977, Robert left his tiny lab and found a larger property where he developed the Monroe Institute, a place where all his endeavors and those who wished to study them could congregate. Robert began attracting people who were on point with his purpose, including Joe McMonagall, a leading remote viewer in the Stargate program, an elite operative program with the military specializing in remote viewing. Joe participated in a gateway course in 1982, finding that it improved his preparation time for remote viewing and made his results far more accurate. Robert's life was not without tribulations, however, and in 1983, Joe married Robert's stepdaughter, Lee. He was in high hopes for the relationship, and Lee became the director of the Monroe Institute until 1991, when he and Lee had a devastating falling out. In 1992, Robert's wife passed away, and in turmoil, he attempted an out-of-body experience to find her. So upset and disappointed he was by his failed attempt, Robert gave up on participating in out-of-body experiences himself. 
with his mental and physical health deteriorating from the estrangement from his stepdaughter, Robert knew he had to make a choice. His depression was manifesting as illness and he reached out to connect with Lee, who reciprocated. At age 79, having made peace with Lee, he passed away in 1995. Biographer Bayard Stockton described Monroe's life as a pragmatic approach by which he helped to demystify what others referred to as the occult, the supernatural, or the supernormal, even the metaphysical for many other people, the introduction of a potent new technology in some branches of medicine, in education, and conceivably in business. Robert's OBE experiences were so profoundly prolific and impactful that they can only be best described in his books as summarizing them would do them a terrible injustice. Monroe never delved into the idea of reincarnation or the soul, but felt that life after death was nearly a certainty after having communicated with many spirits while experiencing his OBEs. Now he touches lives still with his videos, programs, and the legacy of the Monroe Institute, and is furthered today by researchers like Alan Evans, who I will speak later on with in this podcast. However, his most impactful legacy may be, in fact, the thousands of people whom he reassured. The people who have been experiencing psychic phenomenon and were labeled as mentally ill or crazy by medical science. Sometimes, hope and direction can come from the strangest places, including a wayward kid dropping out of school and hopping trains following his instinct and being brave enough to let go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now on to our conversation with Alan Evans. As well as her roles at the Monroe Institute, she is also a certified Reiki master teacher and teaches energy medicine with Brian Daly, MD. She earned a BA in psychology from the University of Mississippi and an MBA from Texas Tech University. Besides regularly offering programs on the Virginia campus, Brian Daly and she have presented in such places as Italy, England, Iceland, Bali, and Puerto Rico. There was also the annual dolphin trip to Bimini, Bahamas, usually in May, where she adds Monroe Sound Science with the experience of swimming with dolphins in the wild. You can learn more about Alan Evans and the work she does at monroeinstitute.org. Anyway, here's our chat with Alan. Today on Supernatural Circumstances, I am thrilled to have this amazing woman who is the has done so much in the in in this world in in the Monroe Institute and is now the president of the Monroe Institute. Alan Evans, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. <laughs> you have had such a history with all of this and everything that the Monroe Institute does. Can you tell us a little bit about the Gateway experience and how that really got you started? You know, I'd like to backtrack a little bit if that's okay. You bet. Okay, so it it started for me in my late 20s when I was thinking, okay, I want to learn how to enhance my intuitive abilities. So that was like my driving mission for some reason. Can't really tell you why, but that's what it was. So I started reading all these books. I was living in Lubbock, Texas at the time, and there was a little bookstore called The Odyssey, and I would go and find every book I could read to try to figure this out. And it occurred to me one day, 
wait a minute, these people, they came in knowing they were psychic. You know, it was just, it, it was as natural as breathing is to us. So how are they going to teach me how to do this and how to develop those skills? So then I got on this mission to figure it out myself. And that's what is, um, that's what eventually led me to taking Gateway. But of course, late 20s to late 40s, there's about 20 years uh, in between. <laughs> so, so it was a little bit of, more of a journey <laughs> to get there. It is a journey, but it, I think it's a journey for everybody that steps into this realm that like asks those questions. Right. And, and then... Um, you know, continuing self-study really didn't have any kind of teachers, partly because of where I lived and then also uh, not feeling like it would be a good thing to do for whatever reason. What would they be teaching me? Would, I, would it take me off course? So it was mainly self-studied. And then in 2008, I am at the bookstore. Now, before that, I had read about the Monroe Institute. I, I knew there was this magical little place, didn't know where it was pre-internet. So really had no idea where it was and also didn't have the resources. If I had figured it out, whether it was money, whether it was because I had a child, a young child um, to take care of. So fast forward to 2009, I mean, 2008, and I'm in a bookstore with my then preteen daughter. And I think, well, I don't have anything I want to read. I'm just going to go walk my favorite aisle, which of course was labeled new age occult because that's kind of how it was all classified, you know, at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just start looking at books and I see this book, The Journey of Robert Monroe. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh no, this is, this is it. <laughs> this is the book. This is what I've been looking for. And so it, it re, it made me uh, readdress that desire to return to that and to seek and so when I got home, I ordered the Gateway Experience, which is something from Hemisync that is a, it, I ordered all of the series. So at that time, it went through six series. And it's basically a variation of the Gateway program that you do here without having trainer guidance. So I just blew through that. And <laughs> every day, and it's interesting because some people will, like listen to an exercise over and over and over and over until they feel like they're ready for the next step. Well, what I did is I listened. And then if I thought I needed to go back to it, I just made a note. I wasn't stopping. I was just going to keep going straight through. And before I ended the, that um, series of those six different series, I had signed up to go to Monroe. And that was March of 2009 to Gateway. Wow. That's, that is amazing. And I love, I, I love your approach to that because it is so different. And I think the majority of people would have, would have done exactly what you said, which is, you know, go back and, you know, really hammer on these different things. But it, it feels to me like you, you took a, a path of less resistance with it rather than trying to just, you know, hammer and focus on one thing in order to get it perfect. Well, I think I, I felt like there was an end goal. <laughs> And yeah, so I just wanted to get there. You know, I could always go back because I had the CDs, right? <laughs> well, it makes it makes sense to me. <laughs> I probably would have done the same thing. Did you feel like this was a, a calling at some point? Like this was something you just you had to do? I yes, I would say yes to that. Although I didn't really understand um, the bigger picture of why. Yeah. But certainly when I look back and when I read my journals um, during programs, Gateway being one of them, definitely stepping towards this path and, and this where I am now, that was all lining up without me realizing it, without me necessarily wanting it, but definitely without me intending for it. You know, I, I didn't have in my mind that that was the ultimate goal that I was pursuing. I wasn't even after Gateway thinking I could be a trainer. Um, actually, I approached that very timidly uh, and started as an outreach trainer, which is a can be a first step for many of our trainers who become residential trainers. And I'm as I'm trying to get up the courage to say I'm interested, I'm thinking, will they? Why would they even want me? Yeah. Um, to do this, and and but as I continue to step into it, 
it really, the doors just opened. And there are many times that they weren't just open. There was something pulling me through. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> that was like a force. And interestingly enough, after Gateway, I had the pleasure of attending my Gateway with Bob Monroe's niece. Oh, Her name was Martha. And Martha, about a month after we left, had, had received an email from the organization asking if she'd be interested in helping start what was then called the Local Chapter Networks, which is a volunteer support group for those of us after we attend a program, we can then have it in our communities. We can take it out into our communities. So she was getting a, an email about organizing, you know, coming to that organizational meeting. I didn't get the, the email because I had just, you know, I was new, they didn't know me. Right. Well, she passed it on to me. So I end up going, I'm not even sure why I'm not a, at the time I was a lone wolf thought group stuff was kind of weird. And I go and I walk away from that organizational meeting being the chair of the whole thing. Wow. That, that was not my intention. I didn't go in there with that. intention. It was like, what just happened? I remember having this sinking feeling in my chair as they're telling me that that's what they want me to do. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't dread. Mm. It was interesting. It was like, I knew that's what was supposed to happen. So yeah. Oh, I, I, I love that. That led me very quickly down to becoming a trainer, uh, a much faster path than most people or individuals have experienced. So that was interesting too, because again, I was just being pulled through these doors without intention necessarily. I mean, sure, there was a little desire. Oh, if only I could be that. But it wasn't me, <laughs> you know, really putting effort uh, in that direction. Usually you know, all the best, all the best things like that, though, it, it is, there is less effort, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, Mike and I, we talk about this all the time, where oftentimes the more effort you put in, the more you're going to mess stuff up. Right. It's, it's, you know, power versus force, right? Yeah. Completely. Mm -hmm. We touched a little bit on on Hemisync. I've been uh, so fascinated, and and Mike's been using. You've been using Hemisync, Mike, for a, quite a long time, longer than I have. Yeah. Um, about the technology and and things like that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and and how far it's come since since Robert's days? You know, so that is the original technology that Bob Monroe created. Um, it's a binaural beat technology, which is very effective. We use it in our core programs today. Uh, we use it at, with our gateway and some other traditional programs that were some created during Bob's time and then some were created um, after Bob's passed away, but still within the, the core framework of our focus levels that we teach. Um, and focus levels are just different areas or different places that we can go to together as a group based on the purpose of the frequencies that we're listening to. So it's, it's kind of our map um, that we use to reach these different states of awareness. I love the focus level idea, by the way. <laughs> just had to slip that in there. No, me too. And my favorite is focus 10. Uh, which is uh, mind awake, body asleep, because it really trains you to remain alert during those deep, deep meditative states, even when you move on to other focus levels. Uh, because a lot of times we all have these experiences out of body, lucid dreaming, uh, projected consciousness. We all do it, but we don't all, we're not all consciously aware of it. And so that's why the, the focus 10 level to me is so powerful. And something to to you know check out and and do on a regular basis. Absolutely. So that was the founding technology, and then of course, you know we've had a lot of advances in recent years. So we have um, a sound engineer. We call him Director of Innovation, Bob Holbrook, who has helped us, uh, and Skip Atwater, who was the president um, in between um, when Bob died, and then Bob Holbrook taking over. He started it, uh, helping us look at different ways to enhance uh, our technologies and what we are offering. So now we are working with many more um, modulations than say just the binaural beat modulation. So definitely we're creating new things. We're looking, we're setting up research opportunities so that we can really look and see the efficacy of, of this new technology, but it's a real exciting time for us because we are stepping into these new places and and then seeing that this this 
you know, working, even though we've known it's worked for years. It's so nice to get that confirmation though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Especially, especially like you were saying, you know, with, with these, these new advances and then the focus levels and, and whatnot, I, I find it really interesting with, especially with focus 10, because, um, looking back through history on on people that were mystics and and things like that that idea of the the mind awake body asleep e even with with artists or authors like neville goddard and like people like that that comes up over and over again mm -hmm. so you also became involved in reiki as well so how talk about that how does that translate into all of this well, that was interesting because D Dr. Brian Daly, he's an emergency medicine MD. Um, he approached me to create a program with him and he approached me for curriculum design. And because I was a trainer and knew about the, uh, you know, hemisync and sound technology. Well, I worked with him for, we started this in 2015 or 2016. And over the course of working with him, I became a Reiki master uh, and I then also started stepping in and working with the energy, but it took me a while. I really was standoffish. I was like, no, Brian, that's your thing. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. But then I started witnessing things and seeing that, wow, there's something happening here. Wow. I'm perceiving energy. Oh, wow. This is real. And then I'm yeah. listening to Brian's um, lectures about the science behind it. And so one day I just kind of step in from this is kind of what is this to, okay, this stuff is, this is powerful and I need to do more. I need to learn more and I need to, to have a sense of mastery. So that's how I stepped into it. And I also believe it really amps up your psychic abilities as well. It's just a natural conduit to enhance that. So it's a, it's a nice marriage. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love, yeah, I love that, that that I think that relationship we we we've been taught over the years of uh current I guess current science and things like that to to negate so much of that energy work and we really can't yeah, it's powerful and that's I teach energy medicine I'm still doing that with Brian Daly here at the Monroe Institute and what we find is so amazing is that we can bring out devices that we use and they are letting us see. So like we use something called biofield imaging, which is a software that can take um, images of the subtle bioenergy field. And so we can show participants that this is happening. You know, when you do this, when you are working with what we call a reball resonant energy balloon, which is the sphere of energy around you, um, this will change what's happening energetically for you here's a picture, here's a video. Uh, so it really helps people step into understanding the relationship of working with energy, uh, even if it's just in a daily life of uh, energizing yourself, protecting your own physical energy space. Uh, it's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the, the visual component for people, because I think sometimes people get this idea that you know, okay, well, it's in my head and it's not affecting anything. And it's like, no, that's not true. <laughs> like everything we're doing is affecting things. Right. And that's so interesting to me because I've trained, you know, many programs and so many of the participants will just say, nothing's happening. Nothing's going on here. And you keep asking questions and, you know, you get down to, okay, yeah, something's happening here. And it might be subtle, just like with energy work, it's subtle. It can be. And so just, just pay attention, be aware and allow. Yeah. And that, that fine tuning, I think people are so conditioned now to get these, these immediate responses or immediate grat this immediate gratification. And, and this stuff really is about fine tuning that energy. Right. Right. So one thing that I, I just love, cause I've, I'm using it every day and, and Mike's been using it is, is Monroe's new expand app, which is ah. phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> it's just, it's seriously, it is so good. And my, my favorite meditation is, is the one you did on cosmic ordering ah. straight up. It's, it's, I think it's just wonderful. And it's just gets me into the best state of mind so fast. 
can we talk a little bit about that I, the, the expand app and like what it is what it does because I, I I'm excited to share this with people so I want to tell also the backstory of cosmic ordering and yeah. but I also want to talk about it the expand app so which do you want to hear first oh geez <laughs> well maybe we'll talk about the expand app so people know what we're what we're talking about when they listen to this so the expand app is a creation of the Monroe Institute and it's um, we launched it in July. It is written and voiced by trainers. So that helps us keep in the Monroe spirit uh, of things. And it's got several different categories. So whether it's sleep, whether it's, you know, you're more interested in um, the like out of body lucid dreaming type experience or healing. A lot of the things that I contributed are on healing. Um, Then we've got, you know, those categories that you can see and use. We've also done something differently that has like five minute options, 10 minute, 20, 30, 40. So it can fit into your day because that's one of the problems people have, you know, is just finding time to do it. Um, the other thing I love about it and what I love about Monroe in the first place is that it's not a laborious practice. So when you think about a meditation discipline practice, it's, it's not that. It has other purposes. So it's, it, to me, it's a joy. Now I'm, I'm excited to go meditate because maybe I will have a journey or maybe I'll feel so deeply relaxed or maybe I'll have a connection to source that I haven't had in a while, you know, where I I really feel connected to everything. Um, So now you have it in your back pocket with this expand app and there's a free version of it. And then you can also pay and have the more complete version. And we're soon to launch the community feature. So that's a very private feature. You know, we're not, we would not give emails away or anything like that. And so by subject matter, you can create groups and join groups. I love that idea. That's really cool. Yeah. Also programs. So like, say you attend Gateway, well, your Gateway program, the, the, the group of you that came together to take Gateway can have your own group and stay in touch. Well, that's neat. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's exciting and we're, we're growing and we're adding content and we're adding features. So um, we, we've had a lot of fun with this. Oh, I love that. I love that community idea. Let, okay. So now you got to, you got to give away the, the cosmic ordering background here. And now I'm fascinated. <laughs> okay. So I actually wrote that a long time ago. I wrote it in 2012. Oh, wow. And so what was happening was um, one of those major life events and I was going through a divorce. And I was just on my knees and just in a very difficult place. And so I was trying to bring peace into my life. And someone who had, who advised me, gave me the story of going to the wait to the restaurant and placing your order. So that's how I got the idea. And then I expanded on it. So every day in meditation, I would go to the restaurant and I would create my order and I would order, you know, drinks with my different um, meals, you know, like, so you'd have appetizer, then you'd have entree, then you'd have dessert. And every meal or every um, course, I would order a glass of peace. Mm -hmm. So, and, 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 and and really it was, it didn't seem to me to be doing that. I wasn't quite feeling the peace that I was desiring. But interestingly enough, I had some verification. So we were selling our house. We were still in the same house. We had a child. And so we were you know, working together to uh, make a smooth transition. But we were selling everything in the house, or a lot of things in the house. And we had a lady come to you know, price everything and to run the sale. She spent a week at the house. She didn't know about the, you know, the situation at all, um, but the day she left, she spent, again, she spent a full week with us, all three of us. The day she left, she was walking out the door. She stopped, she turned around and she said, I just have to tell you something. This is the most peaceful house I have ever been in. Oh, wow. And so that is why I knew I had to record this exercise. Now, the thing that happened is I would pitch it here. I'd pitch it there. Nobody wanted it. So it was waiting for the app. (laughs) It it sure was because it is is so good. And for for everybody that's listening that has has not tried it, it is such a, a brilliant way to not only set intentions, but to to have an opportunity to visualize and make a decision 
about what you what you really want and what i loved about it is in the in the longer version in the with with the instructions at the beginning the you know how you say right at the start you know take a moment to sit down and design the life you want because i don't i think so many people run on default mm-hmm. not many do that mm-hmm. right i agree and that's a big part of manifesting um is is focus oh absolutely just like the compass and you know if you're if you keep just going off a little bit on a you're on a ship and you just keep bearing a little bit off course well you're going to end up way off a different destination um the other thing i loved about that message and i don't know if it comes through cosmic ordering or not is that, that that helped me was as you're riding down the highway, interstate, you're going from, and I was in Oklahoma at the time, I'm going from Oklahoma to California. I'm heading to California. That's where I'm going. And I look about midway through, I look out my window and there's a pasture of cows. Well, I don't want to be here with the cows. I want to be in California, but I'm not there yet. But it doesn't mean I'm staying with the cows. I'm in a car. I'm going somewhere. I know where I'm going. Um, so you also need to, hopefully that's comforting to people to look at life that way. It's like, okay, don't worry. You're not there. Yes. You're in a lot of pain right now. You're, you're living in that, that world that's not peaceful, but you've got a direction and you put your attention there and we've got patterning exercises. I don't know if y'all have listened to these or not in the app. They're five minutes, either for your day or for your future. And I, I did write them and voice them and do that every day that locks you in with intense focus on what you're, you know, working towards. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, can you tell the audience a little bit about patterning? Because I think that is such a key part of, of all of this. And if, if the people out there are setting, you know, setting these intentions and looking around and thinking, you know, the, the universe doesn't get it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think patterning is such a big part of it, but it's something people miss. Right. You know, and, and so pattern, patterning means to me that I am thinking about um, what I want and I'm thinking about the essence of it. Mm-hmm. So that's what's heading me to that destination that I'm trying to go towards. So every day I'm turning my attention towards that destination and the essence of what it is. And then you step into the emotion of it. You use your imagination to picture yourself in that. So that and it, you do that daily as an exercise, one of the things I'm a writer. So one of the things that I added to this idea of patterning is every day I would write a letter and I would write it um, with the idea. And I pick different times a year from now, five years from now, three months from now. And I would write it as if it had already happened. I love that. And that was another way of patterning. And especially during my most difficult time. And and that time that I was looking for peace, I literally was crying, not just crying. It was sobbing every day. So that is a starting point because that's bringing you up to courage. That's bringing you the vibration of courage. I can do this. I have hope. This is possible. And you can do that through the, the gift of patterning. I, I love that. That's like the best explanation. I think I couldn't, couldn't imagine saying it any better. Cause I, yeah, I, I think when people are, are, are trying some of these processes or they get the idea in their head that, you know, no, I, you know, I can do this or I, I can manifest something. I think sometimes people fall into the trap of thinking of the thing rather than thinking from the thing. Right. And I love what you touched on with that, uh, that emotion where, you know, the feeling of the lack of something is not feeling like you have it, right? The feeling of what you have, or, you know, already having this thing present in your experience doesn't feel like disappointment or loss or anything like that. It feels like you've, you've already got it. Right. And another key point is letting go. And that's a hard one because yeah. what we, our view is very limited there is a bigger picture overlay on our lives. It's, you know, it could be if, if you believe this, like a, um, your contract that you come in with, your destiny, um, the people you're supposed to meet, the lessons you're supposed to learn. So even though we have a, a pattern that we would like to have, or we have a destination we want to go, that might not be the where we're supposed to end up. But my belief is, those urges 
for us to have those destinations and those targets are there to help us go where we're eventually supposed to be, whether we're seeing it clearly or not. And that is why letting go is so important because you, it can be so much better than whatever you could have, have imagined. Oh, I found that too. And I know, Mike, you've had experience with that as well. It's really fascinating to me <laughs> to listen to somebody who is so immersed in uh, this technology that uh, the Monroe Institute uh, has. Um, I started using, as Morgan said, HemiSync years ago uh, when I first got an iPhone. <laughs> I, ah. I found some uh, some MP3s online, uh, or I can't remember e exactly how it came about. I think it might have been in an audiobook or something. But uh, I started using HemiSync, and um, I have tinnitus. Mm. So... I have this loud screaming in my head already, but I did find a lot of comfort in uh, HemiSync because it gave me something different to focus on, which is interesting. Uh, regular meditation for me doesn't seem to work as well because um, I get distracted by my tinnitus. <laughs> so uh, I did find that HemiSync really has helped me find some peace from that anyway. Right. And, and then also let's take it to another type of interference um, for some people, and that's the, the monkey mind, mm -hmm. or the mind that can't quiet. And so again, the technology is a real significant support of being able to help you do that, to get to, to kind of bypass um, that early stage of trying to meditate uh, just simply because of the support. Yeah, it feels like it's a great technology for beginners. People who are just starting out get the free app, expand on the uh, iTunes or Google Play Store, and uh, it really does help you to get into the habit of, of meditation and feel like, okay, you've got some support in doing it. You're not just sort of flailing around on your own. Right. And then you've got the five-minute ones, so you could start there. Everybody's got mm -hmm. five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no excuse. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it it is, it's it's that's so true. And I, I know for myself, even with uh uh you know, as I go through through some of the meditations and especially some of the, the deeper ones, I've had some really interesting experiences. Like as much as I know that I'm listening to these these frequencies and this is almost this white noise, almost waves and whatnot. I have heard music. Mm -hmm. I've heard um, voices at a, a couple of points mm -hmm. that, and I've felt somebody in the room mm -hmm. when there has been nobody here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And those experiences to me, they haven't happened incredibly often, but man, are they special. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the technology has a, um, the, it has, it leads you to the opportunity of having those deep meditative um, states which can lend itself to what you're describing. Oh, geez. Like it, the, the one, the one where I heard the music, I think was possibly the most interesting. I had one experience right at the beginning and this one was, I still, still cannot explain this one, but it was so, so interesting. Um, I had two friends as well that were, that were, were experimenting with it. And uh, we all went to bed that night and agreed we were going to, do this one specific meditation it was one of the the youtube ones and uh we we did we all we all did our thing and whatnot we agreed in the next you know the next morning to chat about what we'd experienced and i came back and said you know it was it was really fascinating and i had heard the music and i'd heard i'd, I'd heard a couple of voices which was really interesting but there was no guided portion to it there was there was nothing like that and I said you know it was was really really great and it was you know interesting for meditation that wasn't guided and my my two friends said what what are you what are you talking about what did you listen to I said well the ones we agreed to and they said well but it was guided and I was like what do you, what do you mean it was I'm like no there was there was no there was no guide at the beginning or the end for this one it was just it was just the the, the noise and Lo and behold, I go back on the recording and it had been guided beginning and end um, right. by Robert Monroe 
that wasn't there on the original on what I had listened to. It was it blew my mind. It was really interesting. Wow. Yeah, that that's it's powerful stuff. <laughs> it it really it is. It's it's amazing. What experiences have you had with manifesting like this? Oh, well, I mean, the dolphin trip that yeah, I do yeah, every talk year. about the dolphins. This yeah. is cool. <laughs> um, so this particular trip, I, I've had this idea about dolphins and I would love to swim with dolphins. And actually I can go back to when my daughter was uh, three years old, we were in Lubbock, Texas, and I took her to Science Spectrum. I don't even know if those exist anymore, but they were, they had a surround sound room that had video. So your video was wrapped all around the walls and then the sound was coming from all directions. And it was about a lady who lived um, on an island and studied dolphins. And it would show her riding to work every day um, on a bicycle. And that was when I was in the middle of raising a daughter and just at the moment feeling overwhelmed and I at one point I found myself going why can't I be the dolphin lady (laughs) (laughs) and so then that kind of stuck with me over the years and so you know fast forward um, about 20 years later um, uh, not even 20 years later it was about 10 years later I am at Monroe one of the participants is has been taking people to swim with dolphins in Bimini and she, uh, she had another program that summer coming up and teenagers had signed up and she needed someone to help with the teenagers while the adults did their activities. So she asked me if I would, if I wanted to do it. So of course I said, yes. Well, turns out, I found out this a little bit later, the lady that was the scientist in uh, doing the research of dolphins, she was in Bimini. Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> so. I made my way to Bimini, (laughs) the exact same place, just by that spark of desire that I continually over the years gave enough attention to, to bring it in. Yeah. And then it doesn't take much. Well, another key, this is my belief. Another key part of that is working on yourself. Mm -hmm. And as you work on yourself, that's a, that's a raising the vibration activity. Right. But then you're more in alignment to draw in those things that are energetic matches to you uh, than you would be if that w- if if you weren't doing that self work. So the most important thing you could be doing ever is working on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's something to touch on for for the audience too, because I, I think so many people don't realize their own their own state of being that that frequency in which they're resonating is really so determinant as to what is what is being created in your space you know like i've been in paranormal and psi research for about 20 years and every single case that i've ever dealt with has been a mirror of what is going on with the person every single time right right you know yeah sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna say i just agree with you that's so true that the the work on self is key and then doing things that keep you in those higher vibrational states, which can be as simple as feeding birds and letting people go ahead of you in traffic. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it is always those simple little things, uh, for me as well. Uh, you know, just like you say, letting someone go ahead of you in the line at a, at a grocery store or, you know, putting, putting something positive into the universe and nobody knows that you're doing it. It's right. those kind of things. Right. And, and pulling back those thoughts once you recognize that you've put them out there that are not, that are not positive and kind to others. Yeah, that's a big one. Well, especially, especially over the last number of years, I think that's, that's been so important for, for people just to, to be able to understand the, the, the things that they're thinking matter, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really matters. And just to appeal to people's greed, it matters because it's going to, it, it's going to be reflected in, you know, you know, somebody that you meet or, or something like that. But the, the universe is always, in my experience anyway, has, has developed a, a fantastic method of showing you where you are, even if you don't want to know. Yes. Well, I find driving, uh, you mentioned that driving is kind of the best gauge for me to, for that is <laughs> <laughs> if I'm frustrated driving, something is going on with me. So it's a perfect time for me to practice too. Yeah, exactly. 
Now it's it's again it's key uh, working on those little little things to raise your vibration, and it's not forced. It's just uh, stepping into that space and making that intention. Yeah, that allowing is so important, and and people I think get hung up on the ask. It's like, yeah. well, I just got to keep asking, and it's like, no, no. At some point, you've got to you've got to sit back and allow. Yeah, that's true. That's super true. So the Monroe Institute has got some in incredible programs and whatnot coming up and a new podcast i might add <laughs> which is really really exciting i was i was thrilled when i read that mark had posted that um about the new podcast so t tell us about that so we're excited about it because mark serto he was the sound engineer when bob was still alive here uh, worked he worked with bob for about 10 years here in Faber, Virginia, and he is focusing initially on looking at the historical story, you know, the, our, our history, and then we'll be inviting in guests that are just in the consciousness space. So different experts will come in, but we'll also have our trainers and other Monroe um, people, you know, who are coming from that perspective too. I'll make a few guest appearance, uh, guest appearances every once in a while. And the first one, we've got it ready. It's just going to be launched. I'm not quite sure of the launch date yet, but uh, we're about to get that started. So we're very excited and love having Mark back with us. I, I think that's exciting. I've known Mark for a, quite a long time now. And I'm, I was thrilled when he had posted about that because I think whatever, whatever content you guys put out there is going to be so valuable to the people, not only just the average Joe that's listening, but to to parapsychology to what we do to to everything just to to get people in the right headspace to get more out of what life and what they want um you've also got some um, a really really cool programs coming up including spoon bending which i oh. think is fantastic <laughs> yes that one is interesting i i call How it the fun it is fun and i call it the bells and whistles because it gets people's attention sometimes people who don't really understand that they're coming for more so i love i love spoon bending for that reason but mm -hmm. we we um, luigi scambriella and, I, and he's the, um, one of our uk trainers we started doing that uh, and it was separate from monroe um, since then we brought it into monroe uh, but we we started it with an eight-day period of time because we just weren't sure how long it would take to build people up, you know, to be able to, sure. to build spoons. And now we, now it's five hours and we've actually done it in three hours with a much bigger audience, like a webinar audience of 700 and something plus that was very effective. Um, so we're, we're understanding that it's not necessarily about the amount of time, uh, but about the intention and focus. And people are very successful. I would say we have, a 90% success rate in most cases, if not, there, there have been a few programs where it's 100%, um, wow. but we tend to have uh, one or two, say if we had 10 people, we would have one that just didn't quite master it, but a lot of times they'll send us pictures later, you know, so you learn the tools on how to do it, and then if you're, if it's important to you, and you continue to put focus and attention there, you will do it, um, it's just a matter of how important it is. Yeah, I think I think it's fantastic because again, it's such a great visual for people to actually realize, no, this is this is happening. This is yeah. actually working. And you've got another one that's coming up called Connecting with Your Guides as well, which I think is fantastic. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. And this is actually a new series we're doing. And Luigi Scambriella and I are, are training at this time. And we did it for, again, a bigger audience, a, a webinar audience of 700 plus people. So since we are starting it here at Monroe, we decided to use that um, same experience because we were so successful. But it's just about introducing you to the idea of how uh, to be receptive and then some basic concepts about how you would work with any information you might perceive. Um, some of it involves creating your own language. So we find, for example, I found in my own personal life, dream analysis work was very helpful because it created a language for me to, to then work with nonverbal communication, which is a very typical way to receive information, right. especially initially when you're starting out. So um, that's, that's the focus and it's three hours. So it's not a whole lot of time. It's $49. So it's 
not expensive. And we'll have three meditations that we'll take people through. That's wonderful. I love the idea of, of just being able to, to connect to that, that inner being. I think that's, that's a, a great exercise. And I think as many people, if for the audience listening, I think as many people should attend it as, as possible because it's, it really does play out through your life. You know, mm -hmm. in the, it's funny because in, in psi research and parapsychology, you know, everybody thinks that it's, that this stuff is going to manifest as uh, a golden apparition that's going to show up in front of you right. and, and things like that. Like they've got this idea that it's going to be some enlightened moment. And it's, it's oftentimes this language that is this subtle heart language that right. is, is back and forth between you and non-physical. Right. And also the other thing that people sometimes don't realize is that we're not all visual. So you might get information in a completely different way than you're expecting. So whether that's someone who's clairaudient, so that's more of a hearing, or you're you're getting it from knowing, or you're getting it through the you know, feeling, like the kinesthetic um, type of response. Uh, so just be open to the way that it's natural for you to receive information. And then you start working on that um, language. What is this communicating to me? When do I get goosebumps? Oh, hmm. I seem to get them when people are saying something that's truthful or something that's changing, you know, life-changing. You know, you can start creating a language. Yeah. And, and all of this, everything that you've talked about, it, it really is, is just being aware and being okay with not knowing and embracing the unknown as it's coming in, you know, and just uh, it's, it's so... I think it's so important for people to to really let go of the the fear of some of this subject matter that I think some people have and that oftentimes the media will will perpetuate with you know all oh, these connections are terrifying or you know you have to be special to have some sort of connection with psi and realize mm -hmm. that we can all get in touch with this this is something that is universal. Mm -hmm. The other thing is to start practicing trust. So yeah. I trust that what I'm receiving is what I need to be receiving and it's truth for me now. And then, you know, start taking action based on that knowing, and then you begin to build trust more significantly and you start recognizing, okay, this is the way I perceive. And what you also don't realize is not other people don't, you know, aren't perceiving it the same way. So for you, it seems natural someone else it doesn't and you just take it for granted you don't even really know how you are experiencing these things you don't even realize that it's a sixth sense perception yeah absolutely and that i think it brings up the the idea as well that you know if if you're you're sharing these experiences with people and somebody tells you you're nuts that's i think a, a really good a really good point that people need to understand where they are not in your shoes they're not perceiving it they're not they're not in the same space that you are you're they are not the receiver and to to build that trust between yourself and non-physical mm -hmm. and it's so easy <laughs> it is it is yeah. Yeah, and fun you know and yeah. fun i think i think that's the other that's the other thing with this is that you know I, people tend to be so stoic about this and it's like right. this is supposed to be fun this is supposed right. to bring joy and we negate that part of it often I find right oh and when you come to the institute there's a lot of laughter you know we're not sitting here in this quiet little space well it can be quiet if you need it to be quiet but um it's laughter and joy are the, a, a big theme here oh and it's it I think I think there has to be for that that positive communication it was funny when um, my business partner Stephanie and I, when we were when we were young and we were just stepping into this this arena, you know, we would we were always just so so still and serious and mm. and stoic <laughs> about it all. And looking yeah. back, it's so funny. I'm sure if we saw a video of ourselves, we'd just laugh. Uh, but it, we began to realize really, really quickly that the the things that were that were interesting that was that were happening, whether it be psychokinesis or um, communication with with non-physical or source or anything like that, it was happening when we were having the most fun. 
So mm -hmm. we really had to stop this whole sitting there seriously and, and you know, making a big deal out of it. Because as soon as we did, everything would stop. Right. No, I agree. That's that's the method I prefer. <laughs> well, this has been so amazing, Alan. Thank you so much for all of this. And we're going to be throwing the links up uh, as well um, to the Monroe Institute and the programs to make sure that people know where to go, what to do, and how to get there. Because I think everybody needs that information, especially right now. I agree. Yeah, we're, we're in unsettling times. And th this is the kind of um, tools, these are the kind of tools that can help be comforting. Absolutely. Mike, did you have anything to add? No, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming and talking to us about uh, the Monroe Institute and your experience and Hemisync and the app and all those things that we love so much. Well, it's my pleasure. I love talking. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You guys. Here's Morgan for this episode's segment of Spiritual Healthcare. In this episode's edition of Spiritual Healthcare, the segment of the show where you get to be the creator and designer of your paranormal and spiritual experience, we're going to tell you about a process called conversation prepaving. This is a great process if you work in a service related business with others or if you have regular interactions with people daily. Many of us believe we are subject to whatever mood people happen to be in at the time. And for this reason, interacting with others can be fun or it can be a difficult task. The philosopher Neville Goddard taught that it is our own projection of consciousness that inspires in other people their reaction to us, not simply their opinions alone. He states that people, like events in our world, are a mirror of an internal vibration or belief we may not be aware of. Neville used to teach this prepaving technique to his salesmen before sending them out to make personal consultations. In conversation prepaving, before you have an interaction with a person who you might fear as difficult or in situations where you want the conversation to go well, close your eyes and sit in brief meditation. See the person you might be interacting with and imagine them as their best self. Now, imagine them sending you best wishes. Send them best wishes back, love, light, and good intention for no other reason than you genuinely wish them well. You can even go as far as envisioning the conclusion of the upcoming conversation and feel the emotion you might be feeling as you part. Remember, make sure to let go of all resistant thought about that person, especially if you've had a history. As you open your eyes, sit in the feeling of the knowledge that all is well and hold it as best you can moving forward into your interaction. You might be in for a pleasant surprise. You need nothing to be happy, but you need something to be sad. And remember, at the end of seeking, all is consciousness. Stay in peace, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Supernatural Circumstances, a co-production of Entity Seeker Paranormal Research and Teachings, and Good Egg Studios. This podcast is part of the Curious Cast podcast network. Theme music by Corey Johnson of Catalyst Records in Edmonton, Alberta. You can find out more about Morgan Knudsen at EntitySeeker.ca and more about me and listen to my other show at DarkPatine.com. Feel free to email the show at SupernaturalCircumstances at gmail.com. Good night for now. <laughs>